I do anticipate seeing football. I don't know when, but if there was no football, NFL or college, I would be shocked. I think universities have done a very good job now of making it clear during the six weeks and counting of pandemic that the athletic decision in college is not up to athletics. It's directly tied to universities. I really believe that uh, the NFL, one way or another, is going to play. College football is the one that, uh, that right now is a little bit of a head scratcher. I'm John Schrader, and this is Watch the Media. We're all asking ourselves and each other the questions, the simple questions. What if there is no college football this year? What if there is no NFL season this year? Crazy to think the answer to each of those questions could be yes, there would be no football. I put these questions to a number of people in the last couple of weeks. Academics, reporters, broadcasters, nationally and here locally in Nebraska. Coming up during the next few minutes, we'll hear from a handful of those people. They'll introduce themselves and answer the questions. Roxy Bernstein, ESPN and Pac-12 Network. If there is no NFL, if there is no college football in the fall, I would be surprised. I would be more surprised shocked basically if there was no NFL. I believe we will see it at some point. At what extent? I don't know. College football, on the other hand, I, I think there is some other issues that have to be addressed first. For example, I do believe that we would have to see academic coursework on campus and campuses reopen for there to be college football in the fall. Could I see it starting delayed or Okay, instead of starting Labor Day weekend, maybe it could start in October. I would be surprised because I know how valuable it is to college athletics. So I do anticipate seeing football. I don't know when. But if there was no football, NFL or college, I would be shocked. Hey, my name's Chris Schmidt. I'm with KFOR Mornings on 103.3, 12:40 a.m. here in Lincoln, Nebraska, and ESPN Radio 101.5, Hale Varsity Radio afternoons four to six. It's a scary thought if there's no college football or no NFL in 2020. I think you'll have NFL. I think you're going to have an abbreviated college football season that may stretch into the winter a little bit. But if you don't have it, it is going to uh, decimate areas of the country that are already uh, severely slapped with uh, COVID-19. Not just the virus, but the economic impact. Uh, folks from an unemployment standpoint are already suffering uh, the well-being. And from a positive mental state, football and sports do a lot for folks as a fan. And it would be uh, the sign of the end is near. If you have no college football or no NFL, uh, economically and socially, it would be just devastating. It, we don't know if it can get worse, but this would be, it's gotten worse. My name is Chris Hetty. I cover Nebraska sports for the Omaha World Herald. I think if the NFL doesn't come back, um, I, would, I would imagine they would be riskier than college football. Um, I think that because they have one commissioner, they can make decisions kind of from the top down like that. It would not surprise me if they said, we're going to play in front of no fans so that we can earn our paychecks and get that TV money um, and, you know, give the American people something to look forward to on Sundays. I think that I could see that happening um, a lot smoother than college football. College football, you have so many different student athletes. They're, they're, it's so many different games. There's so many different factors and variables that you have to kind of tangle into. Um, though the difference is, you know, NFL players actually get paid and college, you know, student athletes don't. So that basically means that you're putting student athletes at risk. And if you theoretically have just college athletes on campuses and not the rest of the students, then that means they're theoretically more at risk. 
Hi, everybody. My name is Dan Brown. I'm a sports writer for The Athletic here in San Francisco uh, in the Bay Area. I've written a lot about the 49ers over the years, so this question is near and dear to my heart, which is if there's no college football, if there's no NFL football, uh, what does that mean for us as a society where the world keeps spinning without the football every Saturday and every Sunday? Um, to me, it's going to be a real psychological challenge for us because I think more than any other sport, uh, football is one where people take risks for our entertainment. Um, that's always something we've been able to turn a blind eye to as a fan base or a media base or uh, just in the football viewing audience. People risk concussions. They risk spinal damage. They risk long-term uh, health uh, detriments that we don't even know about until about 20 years or 30 years later. One of the great football players I ever saw was Earl Campbell. When I was a kid, he was the running back from the Oilers who would run around and over people, which is spectacular dynamo superhero type running back. And uh, the first time I ever saw him in person was at a Super Bowl event, uh, one of the some banquet or something in the days leading up to it. And he was in wheelchair and then got to a walker and could barely move and I thought god that's what football does to people it was just I know I'd, I'd known about it um, but just to see it in person that kind of long-term effect was a big deal for me um, I think we will have to maybe accept the fact that people won't suffer for our benefit um, football is a contact sport there's no social distancing in football um, it's not baseball or, you, you know, psychologically you look at the diamond and everybody's spaced out, um, not spaced out like Tim Lincecum, uh, but I mean they are six feet apart, um, ten feet apart. So football is the collision on every play. It's the pileup. It's the sweaty uh, scramble for the loose ball. And that's a really dangerous recipe based on what we learn every day about this virus. Um, I think football players are also trained to fight through anything. Um, there's, you know, Jack Youngblood and there are these tales of guys who play on a broken leg or uh, fight through no matter what the injury is. It's going to be hard for them to take a step back. They're 20-something athletes in the prime of their lives and to be told to be benched this fall, maybe. Um, they're already having a hard enough time not training properly. Uh, you know, some of these off-season workouts had to be canceled or rearranged. They're doing stuff by video. Are we going to be okay saying it's okay if we don't play? Um, so that's it. I'm not going to make any predictions about the future. I don't know what the games are going to look like. I don't know what uh, precautions will be taken. But I do know that maybe in the short term, this whole deal and bargain we've made with ourselves about uh, football and it being okay to risk your lives for that first down, the whole mentality of the sport is going to be um, something that we reevaluate um, every weekend this fall. Uh, hope it's a lot better than with the paint, uh, the picture we've painted here, but uh, uh, get ready for a whole new look to NFL and college football. This is Dirk Chatwin at the Omaha World Herald. I'm a sports reporter. Uh, I've been covering college athletics for 15 years, and I'm considering the possibility of no college football in the in the fall of 2020 and, and the impact that that would have, not only economically but but socially uh, on the country and especially in hot spots, college football hot spots like Lincoln and Tuscaloosa and Baton Rouge, uh, Columbus, Ohio. I think it would be devastating to people, to fans across the country who have, uh, who've obviously dealt with a lot of issues in their lives already, whether it's social distancing or sheltering in place or having sick family members, but to lose, um, to lose their weekend outlet, sort of their Saturday distraction that, that people associate so heavily with their identity in places like Lincoln would be, uh, would be really devastating. Uh, I think it would be very difficult on the psyche of, of sports fans and America at large to have uh, Saturdays in the fall without football. The NFL, I think, is able to create uh, maybe, maybe an environment where it's, where it's a little bit easier. Uh, they can perhaps play in empty stadiums. They can perhaps, you know, create little bubbles uh, where 
where players can go and and spend a couple weeks uh, and play a few games and you know perhaps uh, sort of wall themselves off from the rest of rest of the country uh, if they have proper testing but I think that's really difficult to do in college football because there needs to be uh, there need to be college students on campus in order to have college football in the stadiums and so for that reason and because of you know putting a hundred thousand people in a stadium I think college football is probably the hardest sport to uh, to see this to see this fall there's just so many variables that have to be in place from from testing to um, you know to the safety of the players and first and foremost having an actual college academic year uh, it's it's just a lot of things that have to be in place first before we see college football in the fall so I think that's uh it's certainly a huge story to watch it's uh it's going to be the topic of of debate over the next four or five months uh, and I think it's going to be a real high priority from from everybody from the president down to uh, athletic directors down to just the business owner on the street who relies on on that weekend revenue in the fall I'm John Carvalho a professor of journalism at Auburn University and I mainly teach and do research on sports media-related issues. Wow. When you ask the question, what if there is no college football? What if there is no NFL? Just the magnitude of what would happen as you ask that question makes you realize that the colleges and the NFL are going to do everything possible to make sure that doesn't happen. We're not just talking about uh, testing and, and, and the U- vaccines, the, the medical solutions. We're talking about uh, innovative and creative solutions that allow it to happen. So I really can't imagine, in terms of economic impact, a college completely without college football this season or a, a city, an NFL franchise and its, its surrounding city and all its supporting businesses accommodating no NFL football. So, like I said, just those words almost start you in the opposite direction. Hi, this is Sean Callahan of HuskerOnline.com. I'm the publisher of HuskerOnline.com. I've covered college football for now over 20 seasons. Uh, started out at KRNU, Daily Nebraskan, many, many years ago as a UNL student. Um, I also report for KETV Channel 7 in Omaha, as well as KFAB 1110 Radio in Omaha as well. And the question I've been asked here by Professor Schrader is, what happens if there is no college football first? Uh, then we'll get to the NFL after that, but no college College football, I think when you look at it overall, if we did not have a season, uh, just the ripple effect would be something really we've never seen before. Um, you, you look at just the economic dynamics of what college football means to so many places. Um, and, and you go around the country and look at the crowds college football brings in. And I think we all know probably those crowds aren't going to look like what they look like um, in, in normal years because of COVID-19. But um, just everything across the board from the local economic standpoint, um, just from the morale of the country, not having college football, I think that would be a major blow. Uh, But then financially at the schools, I mean, you you talk about what college football means in the Big Ten Conference alone, or the SEC, the two major leagues right now. Um, You're looking at 50 to $55 million a year they make off their television revenue alone. And I I think that number, uh, then you go to tickets, then you go to donations, um, and you go down the line. I mean, that, that funds a lot of things. And for Nebraska, that 
money allows them even to give back over $10 million a year annually to the scholarship fund, where right now there are over, I believe the number we came up with on Husker Online is 25% of UNL students are now on scholarship money provided from that Big Ten money given each year in increments of $1,500 to $2,500 scholarships. So there is a lot that this would ripple down, even if it was just one year. And I think you would see some schools close. They would drop sports. They would make massive cuts across the board. Um, it would be unlike anything I think we've ever seen at the college level because now the money has gotten to be so great and I think we've gotten used to spending that money and then to say by the way one year now you're not going to have let's just say 50 to 100 million dollars that you were used to having when you you factor in all revenues that football brings in the ripple effect from that at the school level would be unbelievable the NFL on the other hand you know it's different because it is a professional sports setup um, you're not tied to a school like college football but you, you just look at the players in the NFL not having a year of the game what would that do to those guys you know the, a lot of those players are maybe older in age uh, they need to keep playing to, to, to make a living um, at that point so I, I think that would be big but just just the morale um, not having football in these major markets like Green Bay you know blue blood traditional NFL teams like the Dallas Cowboys the Pittsburgh Steelers um, it's really unimaginable in fact I'd be shocked if we didn't have some form of football I, I think we know there's probably going to be some alterations both with college and the NFL. I think everyone's kind of waiting to see what happens and who makes that first move. Major League Baseball, you know, it looks like they could try to do something here in late June. A lot of eyes are going to be on that, even if it's no fans in the stadium. Uh, but I think college football is going to sit back and kind of look at the NFL and see what they do, what their plans are. Uh, but then you look at it from a state-by-state -state perspective. I think there's going to be a lot of local state politics involved. There might be some states where you could play football and have things go, but there might be some states like, say, California right now, where they're not not going to allow possibly football to take place. So then you get into a political standpoint of things um, for all professional sports, whether it's football um, or even college football. So there is so much to this that we don't know, and we know there's going to be a lot of thoughts, a lot of speculation on where this goes, and nobody truly knows the answer. I mean, I think that's that's the hard part right now. I think we all want to know what September is going to look like, and we don't know at this point. And you know, from the, the school's perspective, they don't even know when they can have their athletes on campus in terms of having organized workouts, possibly making up spring practices. So lots going on uh, with when football may return, and I'm sure it's going to be going on all the way into late here in the summer. This is Andy Billings. I am the executive director of the Alabama program in sports communication at the University of Alabama. Uh, when determining what would happen if pro or college football or both didn't happen this fall, I mean, both are billion dollar industries. And so, uh, both would have ripple effects on the economy, both macro and micro. However, I think it would be even more damaging to uh, many different ecosystems uh, in the college sphere. I say that partly because college teams aren't owned by billion billionaire owners. Uh, I say that partly because they tend to attract more out-of-market fans who drive in for the weekend, uh, so hotels restaurants, things like that would be, would have ramifications. And I say that also because uh, they are part of the university ecosystem. Uh, so it's, it's very hard to pull one major string from that ecosystem and determine uh, how everything else functions. Uh, I also think pro football is more likely to be able to withstand uh, having a season with no fans, approximately 15% of their revenues come from gate receipts. College, it's, uh, it depends on how you look at it. It's anywhere from 25% if you simply look at tickets to over 50% if you include things like booster clubs, uh, in-stadium sponsorships, and other things that likely wouldn't happen if the fans weren't there. Uh, so overall, both are billion-dollar decisions to be made down the road. Uh, I see even more uh, potentially dramatic ramifications on the college side. This is Watch the Media. I'm John Schrader. We come your way from the College of Journalism and Mass Communications at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln.
Uh, this is Ted Robinson, play-by-play, Pac-12 Network. Uh, finished 10 seasons, San Francisco 49ers, a uh, bunch of decades of college football for all varied sources, including 13 years of Stanford football. So anyway, questions. What if there's no college football? I think college football, uh, I think universities have done a very good job now of making it clear during the six weeks and counting of pandemic that the athletic decision in college is not up to athletics. It's directly tied to universities. Will universities open in the fall? There will be no sports without the universities being open. And so therefore, questions, what school, what university is willing to take a stand on their own to declare their campus open? Or will they demand government, health society, uh, health associations, C- CDC, WHO, etc., uh, approval? Uh, will a conference act in unison? Now, again, conferences are athletic associations. But does it do Nebraska any good if they open their university and eight other Big Ten schools do not? Therefore, you have no football season. And therefore, how does that affect the SEC, where you could make a fairly intelligent argument that football runs those universities in the SEC? And since that is where governors have shown the most resistance to long stay-at-home orders, what will the SEC do? Will they be the first to jump out and say, we are going to play a football season? Therefore, that leads to a national inequity, which is a big problem that football conferences have talked about. Suppose certain conferences, certain regions open, others don't. Teams play non-conference games crossing the country. What happens to that? Uh, it has been floated as a potential theory of starting the season a bit later and playing conference-only games. What does that do to Notre Dame? An independent. Many, many schools treasure having Notre Dame on their schedule as Nebraska did not long ago because of the revenue and the incredible fascination Notre Dame generates when they visit your school to play a football game. So all of those college football questions linger. Uh, Then there is the athletic department question. If there's no football, in many cases, football accounts for between 80 and 90 percent of the athletic revenue for major football schools and conferences. Remember, the NCAA the governing body NCAA gets the money from March Madness and distributes. The NCAA has nothing to do with the college football playoff and college football in particular. So the schools receive that money directly. Also, football is funded in part by student fees at almost every university. If there is a reduction in students, if there are losses because of this pandemic, do the student fees get cut? And then, of course, the next question is what happens to individual sports? Will individual sports be cut if there is a, a, an impacted football season, either truncated or not at all? Now, it has also been postulated that uh, f- college football in the longer term, perhaps three to five years out, will be okay because as each conference has their next rights fees, television rights fees come up, that there will be increases again because of the demand for live programming. And that is entirely possible. Weigh that, however, against the present day damage that will be done and what would be needed to bridge the time period from present day damage to the potentially realizing those future rights fees. This is Mitch Sherman. I work for The Athletic. If there's no college football season this year, I think you're looking at a disastrous situation for all of college athletics. Revenue from college football, as is well documented, largely supports most of the powerful athletic departments and conferences nationally. So, so many of them would face something close to financial ruin without the money infused from just one season of football. Without the television money alone, not to mention ticket sales, merchandising, licensing profits, other areas. Outside of the financial area, a year without college football would inflict damage, I think, upon the fabric and the identity of the institutions. Unless some form of the season was salvageable in early 2021, the direct and collateral damage would would show up in in shutdowns that we've not seen in generations, felt deep within the athletic departments and universities. On top of that, I think you'd see a sizable negative impact on tourism dollars in so many states. It would further devastate the media landscape that's already taken a giant hit. You're talking about a hole that would, would take 
literally years to dig out from. This is Ted Keon. I'm a professor of sports media and the Welch Bridgewater Chair of Sports Media at Oklahoma State University. I'm also a former sports journalist uh, that covered high school, college, and to a, a much minor extent pro football for about 15 years. The question coming about is how will coronavirus, the global pandemic, affect the scheduled upcoming college and NFL football seasons? College football is unknown right now, but it is likely to be played, major college football at least, during the 2020-21 academic year. It does seem unreasonable to have players reporting in late July, early August, particularly since universe, most universities are closed through July at this point, all right? So you might see a later report date for student athletes and a later start date for the season. And the season could start as late as the spring of 2021. And I'm talking about what is supposed to be the fall 2020 season um, because they need the revenues. Uh, and let's be clear, this is a profit making major money four billion dollar enterprise of major college football um and you know obviously they cling to the antiquated absurd notion of amateurism because they don't pay their labor force which is mostly african-american and often from lower socioeconomic means and they suffer irreparable brain damage and debilitating injuries for our enjoyment and i'm as guilty uh, of enjoying it as much as anybody else these athletes should be paid but that's a separate debate but that does raise the question of they can't really have these athletes out there at a time of risk if the, the if the student bodies are not back so if the student bodies are back on campus then they can have football but will they have it with crowds with with you know with 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 packed stadiums in the in, in the stands uh because that would be phase three of the federal guidelines and that seems a ways away for uh, uh many areas so uh it is up in the air uh, it does seem hypocritical, and conference commissioners and ADs have noted this, to play games without fans, but you can't really practice social distancing guidelines with the way these stadiums are set up to seat eighty to 100,000 people in some cases. Um, so you could theoretically seat fewer people, friends, family, media members, major boosters, and then certainly a, a smaller number overall be, uh, to try to practice some sort of social distancing. It does seem unlikely they'll play the games without uh, fans, at, 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 you know, at any level, because that would be pure opportunistic of taking advantage of these athletes saying it's not safe for our students to go, but yeah, we're going to have the athletes playing football and breathing on each other. Uh, but they'll delay the season if they need to and start it as late as spring uh, of 2021 for what would be the fall of 2020 season, because they need the revenues uh, and, and, and the fans want it. But how that would affect the fall of 2021 uh, football season, they may have to delay that as well, or they could just have them go back to back. My name is Parker Gabriel. I cover Nebraska football and the University of Nebraska athletics for the Lincoln Journal Star uh, in Lincoln, Nebraska. What if there's no college football this year? That's a question that's really difficult to answer. I think you depends on the perspective you look at it from. Obviously, it'd be a disappointment for uh, student athletes in particular, for fans. Um, it would open up a whole can of worms. We've seen how much has gone into even, you know, athletic departments trying to figure out what to do with kids that have an extra year of eligibility for spring sports. And then imagine just the sheer number of scholarships, um, not only in football, um, but in other fall sports. Uh, that you'd be, you'd have to figure out what to do with. Do kids get an extra year of eligibility? Who would use it? Um, you know, so on and so forth. That in and it's in and of its own right. And just given the the number of scholarships per year, the amount of space teams have in their locker rooms, you know, even a year of having scholarship numbers uh, thrown off. Assuming that the NCAA would provide some relief for those kids that lost a, a year of eligibility. Um, would be hard to deal with in its own right. And then that's before, you know, the money really is the probably the biggest piece of the conversation. Um, Nebraska does 96 million Nebraska's football program in, in fiscal 2019 did 96 million in revenue um, and turned a $59 million profit. And that, you know, that that's the economic engine that drives the Nebraska athletic department. 
past that, you've got fallout um, in cities like Lincoln that depend heavily on, um, you know, college football. Um, And so any way you look at it, there are ripple effects that not only span out if there's no college football from, you know, players and coaches to programs, to athletic departments, to universities, to cities, to states, um, there would really be a lot of impact, not only um, athletically in terms of entertainment value, but in terms of uh, revenue too. And you can think anything you want, it would affect recruiting, it would affect um, marketing, it would affect in some places, it would affect enrollment, it would affect so many um, aspects of um, life, I guess, and so many aspects of, of the world that's associated with not only college football, but, um, you know, university, uh, towns in general, that it would be the fall. And then, you know, that's even before the stuff that unintended consequences in terms of trying to make it up or, or whatever. And so there's, there's a lot of fallout. There'd be a big ripple effect. And I think it's hard to say exactly what it would even look like. Hey all, it's Mark Willer with KNBR Radio in San Francisco, also podcast host with the San Francisco Giants, and just like the outstanding John Schrader, uh, also a, uh, a professor both at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo and the Academy of Art University in San Francisco. What if there's no college football? The idea is already being thrown out there um, that the college football season could be played in the spring. However, logistically, plans for that would need to be done pretty soon, and we're not sure if they're going to be able to. It's an odd discussion, actually, because a lot of the athletic directors and university presidents have said, uh, I think it's kind of a PR thing, but they've said, uh, we can't be playing sports if people are not on campus. We can't play sports if we're not in school. And I immediately thought of all of the professors who are working there their tails off and all of you students who are working so hard as well um, school is in session it's just not in person so couldn't fanless sports take place concurrently with virtual classrooms I would think yes but it doesn't sound like that's a possibility Um, and and truth be told the unfortunate part about this is when we think of if there's no college sports we think of football we think of basketball but there are all of the sports of course And unfortunately, if there is no football, if there is no basketball, it's the other sports that are going to uh, suffer the consequences. The University of Cincinnati has already done away with their men's soccer program, for example. So I really hope that there is a way to salvage things, at least on some level, uh, because uh, if, if, if there is no football and if there is no basketball, it's the other sports that are really going to pay the price. And and that's terrible because, um, you know, in the purity of college athletics, those sports are actually uh, just as important, almost more pure, uh, if you will, because there isn't all of the big money surrounding them. Hi, my name is Erin Sorensen, and I'm the deputy editor for Hill Varsity, a magazine, website, and radio show dedicated to Husker Athletics. When I think about a world without college football this fall, I can't help but think about the economic impact that it would have across the board. And I'm not just talking about on the programs themselves or their athletic departments, but on universities nationwide. For so many, college football is such a massive financial piece of the overall operating budget that losing it, even pieces of it, could be devastating for so many for so many universities around the country. We've already seen people have to make tough decisions. Boise State, for example, has made the decision to furlough some of its college coaches for a period of time, depending on salary. Now, those decisions right now are being made to hopefully hopefully guarantee longer term success to not have to make harder decisions further down the road. But As we start to get closer to the fall and the idea that maybe things are not going to look like they normally would, whether that's having to change how the season functions, maybe having to cancel certain pieces of it, push it back or cancel it entirely, it starts to, those those thoughts start to creep in of what it would mean on a larger scale. And 
that financial piece is going to be significant, especially when you start to think about what it could do to enrollment, what it would mean for student athletes who are having to defer their education right now, and ultimately then what it would mean for the programs themselves. And that extends far beyond just college football. It would have an impact on all of the university when you start to have to make a hard decision about how to move forward without college football. Hi, my name is Evan Bland, and I am a sports writer with the Omaha World Herald, and I've been covering uh, Nebraska football and baseball for three seasons now and writing sports uh, since my time at the University of Nebraska uh, with the Daily Nebraskan in the mid-2000s. What if there is no college football this year? I mean, wow, if, if it turns out that college football doesn't happen this year, I guess the first thing I think of is it will happen in the spring at some point. So that would be the first kind of question that I would go through. And, and there's such a broad fallout if this is the case. But regarding the season itself, you know, I think, okay, is this something that would play out in the spring of 2021? And what would that look like? Uh, would it be an abbreviated season? Uh, how much time would players need to get ready? What would uh, the NFL draft potentially look like if the season butts up against that? Because that's uh, traditionally the evaluation period for professional scouts and teams to look at college players. So how does that all uh, adjust to what would be going on? Uh, another aspect of this idea of no college football, at least in the fall, uh, would be uh, the, the funding aspect. I mean, you look at the value of college football as it pertains to revenue for athletic departments at the college level. Uh, you know, most schools, Nebraska included, makes money off of football, men's basketball, and in Nebraska's case, women's volleyball. And so if you're taking the major revenue driver of the athletic department away, at least in the fall, how does that impact all those other sports? Does college basketball happen if football is not deemed to be safe to play in the fall? What does that mean for college basketball? What does that mean for all the other sports that are out there uh, in terms of you know them not making money for the university? If they're going to have to be tough decisions made at the executive level about trimming sports, trimming staff, it's the sort of thing that would impact certainly a lot of lives and livelihoods. Uh, the, the local economy would be another aspect. Bill Moose, the athletic director at Nebraska, has said uh, every home game pulls in about $12 million in revenue for the department. But what about the local Lincoln economy? I mean, it's I think I've seen reports over the years that it's seven or eight million pumped into the city of Lincoln just from the seven home games that Nebraska football gets hotels, food, travel, all that. Uh, plays a factor into that. So what does that mean for, uh, you know, the Haymarket and the restaurants that are there? I mean, that's, those are some of their biggest money makers of the season. What happens with those businesses without that business in the fall? My name is Matt Mayoko from NBC Sports Bay Area, and I cover the San Francisco 49ers. So if there's no college football this coming season, I think you're going to see colleges or the NC2A handled it much as they did with the spring sports, which have been completely wiped out. They'll allow players student-athletes to retain another year of eligibility, but I think there might be some different ways that the universities handle that, such as at Wisconsin, where they've told their spring athletes to basically move on, that if you're going to graduate, go ahead and graduate and move on with your lives. And the reason for that is because there's a lot of maneuvering that has to be done and a little bit of massaging of the scholarships because if you have, say, 20 athletes who are going to be scheduled to graduate and then you have 20 athletes coming in on commitments with scholarships, I think a lot of colleges don't want to have, in essence, 20 more athletes under scholarship for the coming season. 
So as with just about anything else, the colleges have to decide what makes sense for them from a financial standpoint, while also best serving the student athletes. And for some of those athletes, it might be turning pro, but for the vast majority of the seniors who won't be playing at a professional level, they have to determine whether they want to remain in school, get their master's degree, try to play another year, perhaps increase their potential at a professional contract. Uh, but also, I think every individual has to determine for themselves what their best way of setting themselves up for after college employment might be. And obviously, for the vast majority of student athletes, it's not professional sports. My name is Chris Hetty. I cover Nebraska sports for the Omaha World Herald. In terms of what if there's no college football this year, um, I think in general, um, athletic departments are going to be really hurt in you know, financially. Um, I can kind of speak on that a little bit just in, you know, for Nebraska specifically. I mean, this is an athletic department in a state that revolves around the sport of football. Um, I mean, you walk into high V anytime in August or early September and there's Husker football t-shirts there, are, you know, everybody on sports talk radio, it's all anybody's talking about. It's what people plan for weekend trips when they live in, you know, on the central part of the state or the Western part of the state, um, the football, you know, the football aspect of it. I mean, they, they themselves bring in like $60 million a year, um, of profit total revenue. It's almost a hundred million dollars, which is, um, you know, a pretty significant thing in a state with only 2 million people. So, I mean, obviously just from the financial aspect of it, not having, you know, almost a hundred million dollars in revenue for the athletic department means that there could be, you know, serious, serious issues in terms of funding the rest of the athletic department. And the athletic department is kind of the symbol of the state. It's what people look forward to, um, you know, it's something that dominates the state in every possible way. So not having football um, is going to do a lot of different things. One, it's going to take away all that money, which means that the athletic department might have to look at taking away some men's sports. Um, you know, they're obviously going to still need to be Title IX compliant. So that means, you know, what do you do with men's soccer? What do you do with wrestling? What do you do with golf? Um, you know, the, all these are sports that don't make money. Um, they actually lose a significant amount of money, but they're able to be paid off for because of the football um, earnings. So what do you do with those sports um, in terms of just kind of the finance, you know, just the psyche of the state? Um, you know, I think it's Nebraska has not had a very good run. Um, you know, they've not been been good for a while, for almost a decade, you could argue in some ways. Um, and because of that, there is this crazy thirst for success. Um, you know, obviously Nebraska won so many titles in the nineties. They were, you know, basically a watchable football team from, you know, the early sixties to, um, about 2015, to be honest. Um, but besides, you know, parts of the Callahan era, but, um, even then, I mean, they were competing for division titles and now, you know, Nebraska's had three straight losing seasons and, um, Scott Frost is the head coach. So people are as thirsty for success as they've ever been. Hello, this is Tim Kewen from ESPN. I'm a senior writer for ESPN, former senior writer for ESPN the magazine, RIP. First off, I'd say that uh, if I had to choose between whether college or the NFL will be played this year, I would go with college. I think that there's a greater chance because of the lack of leverage of college players that there's going to be a college season. Um, I think that the the money that is brought in by the television contract uh, could be could be received in some way other than our normal college football season, meaning that we could have games with fewer fans or no fans. Um, and I think at the root, this is basically a question of whether of just how expendable the labor force is perceived to be anyway, how, how, what the perception is among the people making the decisions. Um, and unfortunately, I think we've seen that the college athletes are more uh, viewed as more expendable. They do not have the backing of a, 
of a union as as weak as the NFL's is, they still would be able to stand up for their players in a way more than the colleges would. Um, if there is no college season, um, I actually see that trickling down to the high school level because I think if there's no high school football season, we might see a permanent closing of a lot of programs in places around the country that aren't quite as football-centric as, say, Texas or Florida or, or even Nebraska. Um, I think that uh, with the declining participation numbers throughout um, the country, specifically in a lot of suburban areas, I think that it could quite possibly be the death knell for a lot of high school programs, which would in turn af affect college programs at some level. Um, because I don't think that parents who are already leery of sending their kids out into a game with a high incidence of brain trauma are going to be too keen to put their kids out there and adding the COVID-19 to the risk. Um, and I think that because it's almost a certainty that summer programs for probably all levels of football are not going to happen, that uh, it's going to have a big effect in high schools where kids who have not played before, perhaps coming into their freshman year, are going to be asked to play before without a summer of, of conditioning and, and socializing that uh, is sort of the lifeblood of most of the good high school programs. I'm John Schrader and this is Watch the Media. The question's on the table, what if there is no college football or no NFL this year? My name is J.B. Long. I'm the radio voice of the Los Angeles Rams and also call football for Pac-12 Network. What if there is no NFL season? Obviously, uh, the NFL is in a much better position, I think, financially to sustain a one-year hit. Uh, I would like to think that it won't come to that and that the NFL as a professional entity would have a lot more flexibility in terms of when and where and how they conduct their season. Um, you know, not locked into the academic calendar, um, even enrollment and the types of things that the NCAA and its member institutions will have to consider if and when they do get back to the playing field. Uh, if there's no NFL season, for me personally, I, I'm not entirely sure I've wrapped my mind around what that might be, uh, as I am a full-time employee of the Rams, but obviously my main role and responsibility is to call the games themselves, so if those don't exist, uh, I imagine the reality for me will not be too favorable either. Uh, but those are kind of the, the top of mind thoughts that, that come to me as I reflect on these questions that that John posed, and obviously, you know, each layer of this onion reveals just um, exponentially more questions along the way. What do you do with the NFL schedule, uh, the year-to-year -year opponents? What do you do with the NFL draft? How do you decide a draft order if no season is played? What do you do with the player and coach contracts and compensation and all those sorts of things? And then finally, I'll just say here in Los Angeles, what happens with SoFi Stadium, you know, the world's greatest sports and entertainment venue that was set to open uh, this summer with uh, a couple of musical events. Uh, not sure that those are going to take place, much less an NFL preseason or regular season. You know, how long would that have to be postponed? And what would the consequences of that be for the, the greater economy and community of Inglewood and Los Angeles at large? This is Ted Keon. I'm a professor of sports media and the Welch Bridgewater Chair of Sports Media at Oklahoma State University. The NFL is a different entity because it is professional sports with a, a collective bargaining agreement between the uh, NFL Players Association and the owners. So they could come to an agreement through collective bargaining to have a season without fans because these are professional athletes that choose to play at their own risk. Um, and the NFL television contracts are so massive, over $7 billion a year, uh, and certainly the ratings would be off the chart. So they could do this theoretically if they think it's safe or relatively safe for the athletes, which will require significant testing, quarantine, etc. The problem comes about is what happens when a couple of athletes do test positive after you start the season in the bubble, if you will, um, you know, and, and, you know, where you're playing all the games in one or two locations, then that would be a problem because would you 
shut it down or would you try to take those athletes out and hope it doesn't spread? Those are questions well beyond my pay grade because I'm, I, you know, I'm not a medical professional. But it seems like the NFL will have some sort of season. They, too, will likely be delayed, though, uh, unless there is a flattening of the curve across the majority of the country. Remember that these NFL teams are located in major cities, all right? And most major cities right now are a ways away from having a flattening of the curve or certainly going anywhere near phase three. Only, the only, the only, for the federal guidelines, uh, the only areas that are anywhere near phase one right now are rural and remote states and places. And, and, and of course, some of them maybe have not been hit yet. My name is Matt Mayoko from NBC Sports Bay Area. As for the NFL, what happens if there's not a season? Well, first off, the NFL is going to do anything and everything in their power to make sure that there is a season. And if that means having games without fans, then that's the approach they're going to take, or at least they're going to look at that very seriously. Think about the revenue that's coming in because of the NFL and not just the people who are buying tickets and showing up at the games. Last year, every NFL team received $255 million from the NFL from their revenue sharing program, and most of that comes from television. So if there is no season, NFL teams and NFL players take a huge hit. If there's a season with no fans, they take a hit, but not nearly as much as they would. So the teams, the players, at least a good share of the players will want this season to happen, whether there's fans in the stands or not. Now, there might be some players, a lot of players who've already made their millions and are set for life who won't need to quarantine or whatever, be in a protective bubble or whatever the case may be in order for these games to take place. But the vast majority of NFL players aren't set for life and they need to remain in the game to get those paychecks and to earn a living. So that's where that would occur. If there are no games, period, what I imagine you would see is that there would be a tolling of contracts. The players wouldn't get paid because players only get paid for the games that they are on the roster for. So if there's no games, there's going to be no money for the players. The NFL and the NFL Players Association has to determine how they're going to handle the contract situation. My name is Parker Gabriel. I cover Nebraska football and the University of Nebraska athletics for the Lincoln Journal Star. Um, there are a lot of uh, cities where the NFL is, you know, any city where there's an NFL team, that's probably the biggest sports um, you know, seen in that city. And so there's billions of dollars networks um, would be affected. Obviously, um, there would be uh, economic pressures felt and, you know, from bars and restaurants to um, gambling operations to uh, anything you can think of that's at all sports related. Um, the NFL, you know, would have a big impact on that. Obviously, you know, there's a big impact on the players. Playing careers are so short in the NFL that losing a year while you don't have the toll on your body at that point, like nobody uh, is getting younger. And so it would shorten careers. It would probably drive some people out. Um, so there's a lot of fallout any way you look at it. If a football season isn't played, whether it's at the college or professional level, and I just don't think um, any of us really have a grasp. You can, you can look at the numbers, you know, in college, um, you know, it's, it's a $60 million profit center for um, the Nebraska Athletic Department. Football accounts for 71% of the revenue. The $30 million in ticket sale, football ticket sales alone in fiscal 2019. Um, most of the $54 million paid out from the Big Ten is uh, football-related on and on and on and on and on. And even though you can stack up numbers like that, I think it's hard to um, say categorically exactly what the impact of not having a college or, or uh, NFL season would look like. This is Tim Kewen from ESPN. I'm a senior writer for ESPN. If we don't have an NFL season, I see a, I don't know. <laughs> It's tough. I hope there is one. My my job depends on 
on sporting events. And I think if we don't have an NFL season, we are going to have a perhaps a different perspective on things when it does come back. Um, I think that we're all learning that uh, as much as we dislike it, we can live without sports. Um, I think the NFL's draft being such a low-tech affair by necessity is sort of a sign that we are getting to a point where we can expect less and we can we can be okay with less. Um, and I think that, you know, an NFL game without fans seems really, really hard to watch um, and, and hard to sort of uh, dive into, but, but I do think it, it's possible. Um, but if there is no NFL, obviously there's going to be a big economic reckoning. Um, it could just shake the whole foundations of the, of the system in terms of television money, um, whether networks that have rights will refuse to pay out to the league um, would be something to watch. Um, they risk alienating the league for future rights situ situations and, and negotiations. Uh, this is Ted Robinson, play-by-play, -play, Pac-12 Network. The NFL is strictly a business, and they can make their decision independent of any other university, education, you know, outside factories, as opposed to a university needing to keep 50,000 students safe and healthy in some cases and staff, et cetera. Uh, a football team may need to keep 200 people in their facility safe uh, times 32 teams to play games. And as the question is often asked about, can you play in front of empty stadiums? The NFL is the only sport that could not just survive, but could still thrive on its television money alone. That's how rich it is. So uh, I think there are two other questions that I think about. One is the sport of football. And I think this has not been addressed very much at all. The sport of football is the least hygienic of any of our major sports. And that is a challenge that I've yet to hear how football will address this. The actual playing of the games and the competition and practices are incredibly unhygienic. And with a communicable virus going, how is that to be handled? The other question, which affects both college and the NFL, is suppose you decided to try to play games with programs in place that can keep players and coaches and staff safe with some sort of distancing and quarantine measures. Wimbledon canceled its championships this summer, and Wimbledon studied and declared that they would need 5,000 people on site to conduct their championships closed, to conduct their championships with no spectators, 5,000 people. Approximately 10% of that would be the actual players. But then when you factor in everyone else necessary from the grounds crew maintenance to uh, caterers to provide the food for all the participants to the broadcast personnel, medical staff, uh, security, etc., they they decided 5,000 was their number. And to have a, a structure in place to have 5,000 people safe, not much of a difference, therefore, to have 50,000 people safe. Wimbledon felt neither was realistic, and therefore they decided not to hold their championships. Uh, the point being that any NFL football stadium or major college football stadium would still require a large number of people to be safe, proven safe, tested safe, in order to contest a game even with no spectators. Last point, how does this impact media going forward if it interests. Um, I think that's fascinating because, again, football is, is by far our most dominant television sport. I think it's fairly well assumed that the cord cutting that has been a part of our life during, during the 2010s will accelerate as a result of the pandemic and the economic uh, stresses it will place on much of our society coming out of pandemic. It will likely accelerate the death of satellite television, with the exception of rural America, where that is the one way they can receive television. Uh, streaming services have succeeded during the pandemic. Their growth will continue to explode. Question, do streaming services feel the need to spend rights fees, big rights fees, to buy live sports? Do they see a reward in increased number of subs? Uh, the way Netflix has grown, for example, during this pandemic, it's hard to see why Netflix would think that they would need to spend exorbitant rights fees money 
um, unless they felt it was staving off Amazon Prime, which has been the one streaming service that has already dipped its toe into this water, or perhaps the uh, the attempts by Apple and other companies to to exceed. And the other uh, wild card in the TV streaming world is ESPN Plus, uh, as ESPN Terrestrial has lost subscribers, they have lost their mojo, they've lost their growth, and Disney seems to be putting most of its marbles into the Plus package, Disney Plus and ESPN Plus. Does the rights fee get transferred to ESPN Plus, and therefore you must be a streaming subscriber there to watch Monday Night Football? I think those are questions that I'm going to be interested to see how they play out in the first few years coming out of pandemic. We will continue to ask these questions and more as we all deal with this pandemic. I'm John Schrader. This is Watch the Media.